welcome back to Grift Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. I don't have to ride solo. That was terribly difficult. Thank you all for leaving me alone. I really appreciate it. All of That was it. really good, though. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. It was 40 minutes of dribble and droning. <laughs> a crazy man alone in a room talking about fantasy football. So it's you in the Skype thread, but everyone got to see it. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. When you guys are actually doing work during the day and I'm just firing off takes with no response. Uh, that, that was what that podcast was. So it worked. Good to have the guys back. Uh, everybody's at home except for DP. DP, you're on the road. You're in the... Uh, the district, Chocolate City. I came to talk to Donald about things, <laughs> the way things are going lately. So we need to have a conversation. Don to Don? Yeah, I mean, if he's going to be sharing my name, we we got to set this shit up, like, you know, on the level here. He's really fucking stuff up here in this country, and it's not going well. Uh, Brett, you're a little bit north in Buffalo, bearing down. Winter is coming, and that's not just a Game of Thrones thing. How you doing, bud? I'm good. We just lost half our audience, though, thanks to Donnie. <laughs> no way. There's yeah, no- there's no shot. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. How many- me? uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe a quarter? I don't know. Repubs wear sneakers, too? <laughs> Shouts to Michael Jordan. And Mo. Mo has returned from... Mo's been everywhere. You've been in... Well, not everywhere, but you were in Korea. How was that? Yeah, I was in Korea. I, you know, just a globe trotting. It was, it was all right. Uh, I had fun. You needed to talk to uh, the homie King Kim John while you were out there. Both of you could have reached out to world leaders and brought peace. Although, Mo, I'm pretty sure you're in favor of a uh, nuclear winner, correct? Yeah, uh, especially it'll be especially like that once I start seeing the winning team's picks this year, <laughs> like usual. When Pops' picks start rolling in. <laughs> Pops, by the way, just signed up for the Super Contest through our friends at footballcontest.com. We'll talk about them a little bit more in a bit. Week one of the preseason is in the books. Anybody have any big takeaways from week one? Any players, any young players that showed anything that, that anybody got excited about? Dalvin Cook looked really good. Yes. I'm, I'm starting to get interested in Minnesota. The fact that they started out 5-0 and last year, their offensive line played about as bad as possible, uh, considering who they brought in and the changes they made. So the Vikings are sneaky interesting. And, and you've always been anti-Peterson too, Brett, so you know any any new blood at that position is, is probably an improvement in your eyes. Yeah, and I don't like Latavius Murray either, so I mean, Cook is... Cook is really, really fascinating to me this year, which we'll get into with the with the running backs. But uh, let's get into some quarterbacks. All right. Any any other takes from anybody else? I haven't watched any football this season. No football. Pre-season. What he said. That's pretty much standard Pats, though. You don't even have to turn on the television until week 14. Exactly. <laughs> More like the Super Bowl this year, though. Yeah. Going to go 19 or no. Just, I'm feeling it. It's the broken AFC. All right, so let's get into this show. As Brett alluded to, this is a quarterback show. We're going to start with some general quarterback strategy and then get into specific players. 
the word sleeper really isn't a thing anymore in fantasy football, and it doesn't apply very much to this position specifically because it's such a there's such a finite number of quarterbacks, and uh, I think where people are beginning to get the sharpest maybe at this position, and it comes from the general strategy where you don't necessarily need to take a quarterback very early in any draft format, even in two QB leagues or in leagues where touchdowns are worth more points because the baseline for performance at the position is so high. There's more scarcity at other positions. And let's be honest, it's one of the easier positions to predict from a week-to-week basis. That's why when people start talking DFS and they start throwing these stacks out there, they can get really weird with stacks because your performance can be buoyed by positive game flow if you're a big favorite or just playing against a crappy defense. So if it's week four, week five, and you don't like your quarterback, the likelihood that a Tyrod Taylor or somebody with a good matchup that week is going to be available on the waiver wire is a possibility, a lot higher than at the running back or wide receiver position. So I don't think I'm be I'm stretching too much to say that we're all on board with taking quarterback late. Uh, it, it, it is... Is anybody here going to defend taking a quarterback early, or can we just move on from from that segment? Or does anybody want to add on to that? The only thing that I'm going to defend with taking a quarterback early is I'm starting to wonder when the tides are going to flip. If everyone's going one way, should when should we choose to go back the other way? I, I totally agree with you, and there is going to be a spot where you zig and zag, which leads to my first question. How early? How early would you take your favorite quarterback. I'm looking at the ADP of the top three quarterbacks taken, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees in that order. According to Fantasy Football Calculator, Rodgers is going at the end of the second round at pick 10. This is for 12-team leagues. Tom Brady is going at the top of the third with the fourth pick, and Brees is going in the middle of the fourth with the sixth pick. Mo, and you can go off the board here if, if there's a quarterback that you prefer above them how late does it have to be in a draft for you to start thinking about taking one of the elite tier quarterbacks yeah i'm, I'm going the opposite of off the board actually because uh i'm thinking i'm thinking like donald's thinking uh i think you need to look no further than last year's draft to see when a hole can open up in the market if uh people are overshifting too much because uh look at the running backs last year I mean, man, everyone was going all wide receiver at the top of the drafts last year. But really, what you ended up needing was the running backs. Uh, people who picked running backs early dominated last year. If you grabbed the Zeeks of the world, uh, you did much better than if you grabbed the Odell Beckhams and um, God uh, Hopkinses of the world. That's RIP, one of my teams. So I could actually see grabbing Rodgers pretty early. Um, he was head and shoulders above everyone last year. Uh, two points clear of the next quarterback on average. And like you said, he's going near the end of the second round in 12-team PPR drafts. You know, I still have the confidence and belief in myself. It's probably irrational based on how shitty my teams were last year that I can fire late round quarterback and I just want to get those weapons early. But I think if you love Rogers and you see him in the third 
or the late second. I don't think there's anything wrong with firing at that point. I mean, he's the best, and he'll probably be the best in a fantasy terms this year. So, you know, beyond that, I think you're better off waiting for the bottom of a tier on your personal rankings or just get the last guys you're comfortable rolling out uh, as your starter. Once uh, the last group of guys you are comfortable with start coming off the board, then you just fire one. Here are the three guys going before and after Aaron Rodgers. I think the before are all defensible. You've got Rob Gronkowski, Marshawn Lynch, and Amari Cooper. All the before. All defensible. Immediately after Aaron Rodgers and ADP, it starts to get really gross. I'll actually go four uh, because the fifth is Brady. It goes Lamar Miller, T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks, Isaiah Crowell. Which of those names do you hear and you're like, yep, I I want that dude as my second pick in fantasy football this year? None of them inspire. I would say uh, T.Y. maybe if luck was healthy. Yeah, if luck had a pulse. (laughs) Yeah. Beyond beyond that, you can't really say... Like it's a slam dunk. Andrew Luck hasn't thrown a football since January. It's that's a very scary situation. Uh, Brett, I, I thought I heard you open your mic there. You have anything to to add? Where where would you take a quarterback at at the earliest? Probably the ninth round. I'm not looking at anybody near the top because the question is, how much more valuable is Aaron Rodgers than the best streaming option every single week? If you can get a guy like. Stafford against the worst pass defense in the NFL. Isn't Stafford right there with Rodgers in a given week? I tend to agree, yes. So I spend more time researching quarterbacks than any other position, both before and during the season, because the plan is to get the most value out of the position without spending any capital. And you do that by streaming, using strength of schedule and individual individual matchups as the indicators. So I, I tend to go with a, a different strategy going into the season. I design a roadmap which late round and undrafted quarterbacks have the best matchups during the season when I can target them in a draft or get them off waivers. And what's the best way I can execute this plan? So I map out the entire year and plan to just stream quarterbacks. So the earliest I will take a quarterback is probably the eighth or ninth round to follow up and be more specific, where would a Rogers Brady or breeze have to fall in order for you to, to fire? I mean, I guess it is possible that they could fall, but I mean, Rogers is going where right now? Rogers end, is, the, end of the second, end of the second. Yeah, he'd have to fall in probably, probably into the fourth for me to, to have a, have a look. And that's not going to happen. End of the fourth right now. We are looking at Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Martavis Bryant, Mike Gillisley, and your boy, Adrian Peterson. Well, that I would take Rodgers over Peterson. <laughs> but, a, but a guy like Gillisley, I would easily draft over, over Rodgers this year. No question. Is that uh is that because you're a Bills fan and you <laughs> you miss him? No, I just think there's a lot of opportunity in that New England backfield. And I just I think there's that much more value in just going week to week with a quarterback who has a better matchup. Yeah, I, or a, a plus matchup. I, I tend to agree with that strategy. Of course, you know, Ted DiBiase, every man has its price. If one of these guys falls, then I'll be willing to pull the trigger if and when. But I tend to agree with Brett, and I, I may come off and probably, be, I'm probably as stubborn as Brett, as I, I won't, I just refuse to pick any quarterback early, even if the value perception might be there. Just because the streaming of options available during the season are bountiful, unless you're in a super sharp league, 
that has deep rosters, then, of course, you need to adjust your strategy as well. But the other part of it is we're not drafting quarterbacks to then stream later. I mean, we're to Brett's point, we're putting in the process, putting in the work in the early process to hopefully get a guy that we get really late and then don't have to stream. That's kind of the point. Or when you start streaming, you want to pick up a guy that might just turn into an every week starter. Somebody like uh, Tyrod, who you pick up early in the season or you draft in the last round, and then all of a sudden turns into basically a weekly starter. I mean, look, I'll use Sam Bradford as an example. Right now, he's going. His ADP is two hundred two. He opens the season against New Orleans, Pittsburgh, and then Detroit in Week Four. That's a pretty good start to the season, and a guy I would not mind streaming the first four weeks. And you can get him for free. You can probably pick him up off waivers after the draft. So why why invest capital on a quarterback in the sixth round when I can get Sam Bradford that I can use as a starter the first four weeks? That's just that's just how I view it going into the season. Dare to be square, bro. <laughs> this is the one spot where Mo is openly square. <laughs> Mo needs Mo needs elite at the QB position. No, I don't need elite, but I do think you know uh, there's a place to fire. I think, and I don't. I think it's before the fourth end of the fourth round or whatever. DP, where do you weigh in on this? How many Brady shares are you gonna have this year? Uh, just my one that I'm stuck with in, in the big dynasty league. But other than that, uh, I mean, he goes too high for what I think he's worth. Um, in terms of where I'd go for a quarterback of my liking, uh, seventh round would be the highest I would go maximum. And I feel like even that would be stretching it. I, I would like to have, you know, two running backs and three wide receivers on my roster. And then uh, that, you know, of that group that I wouldn't mind starting week in week out. And then um, a sixth person to either be a backup running back, a tight end wide receiver, whatever you have it. Um, but I'm usually looking much later, more like ninth, 10th, 11th round. I just, you know, I mean, there are times when things get a little bit screwy in the draft uh, room, you know, just based on your, your competition and people start taking quarterbacks off the board. And then I, I might be a little bit more inclined to, to stretch for someone. Um, you know, maybe a round or two earlier, but I'm definitely not going higher than a seventh round. I just really don't care. And I mean, even if an Aaron Rodgers falls to, you know, in the extreme case that Brett mentioned, fourth round, still not taking him, just going to pass on it and fill in my roster in the other spots. DP and lockstep with the market. So those top three quarterbacks we mentioned, Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, going in the second, third, and fourth, respectively. You've got Matt Ryan going at the end of the fifth, which is... I mean, you're never going to see a season like he just had, boys and girls. His offensive coordinator just crossed the country. Yeah, he's got a great offense, but please, 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 please don't draft Matt Ryan in the fifth round. But to DP's point, the pressure point is the seventh round, starting at pick 6.10, so the 10th pick of the sixth round. In the next 23 picks, according to ADP, there are seven quarterbacks going off the board. So seven of the next 23 picks are quarterbacks, and in order they are Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Jameis Winston, the broken Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. So that seems to be the consensus, and we'll get into our individual quarterback likes in a second. But first, are you guys ready to compete for a million dollars in the world's greatest sports betting contest, and you don't live in Nevada? Well, neither does the collective, but thanks to the football contest, Com. We will still be competing for seven figures this football season. All you have to do is visit footballcontest.com 
sign up with their premier proxy service, register in person with a member of the team, and boom, you're in. Then, as long as you have access to email, which hopefully you do, you're set for the football season. All you have to do is email your picks each week, and you'll be able to compete for the big bucks. No more sitting on the sidelines and watching the collective have all the fun. Go to footballcontest.com and get in the action today. Footballcontest.com. All right, DP, so you like that seventh round range. What specific quarterbacks are tickling your fancy for the upcoming season? I'm really high on Jameis Winston this year, going into the year. The issue that I have with him is I think that he's going higher than I would like to take him. As you just mentioned, he goes into that window uh, that falls right in the middle of the seventh round. I'd much rather get him uh, a little bit lower. So I guess it just depends on the other people that I'm playing against and, and how they feel. Uh, about Jameis I you know I just think 30 years of charm for Jameis Winston I, I like the way that he's progressed so far I like the fact that they added Deshaun Jackson to compliment uh, Mike Evans I don't mind uh, Cameron Brayton Adam Humphreys also has options there in the passing game uh, and, and Jameis can move around in the pocket and run if he needs to so uh, I'm happy to take Jameis Winston he's someone that I will be targeting uh, you know come come seventh round and beyond uh, hopefully he's someone that falls a couple rounds deeper and I'm able to snag him you know it's really going to kill Jameis Winston. What's that? Hard knocks. <laughs> it is it is going to I'm just you know I mean he looks really good. I just, you know, hopefully not too many people buy in. Since Hard Knocks premiered on Tuesday, August 8th, Jameis Winston's average draft position has gone from the second pick in the 8th round to the 7th pick in the 7th round. It peaked at the 6th pick. It's just amazing how much that show has an impact on people. Not only uh, betting and just general sentiments, but in fantasy football. And I think we're actually going to see Winston's ADP continue to rise because of the show. They've, they've really portrayed him amazingly as a leader. Of course, they had that entire sequence where he was a dope on the field. And he kind of uh, schoolyard style called a play that wasn't called for and, and threw a terrible deep ball to Deshaun. But I don't know. They keep showing him giving these great speeches and being very charismatic, so I I think we might see his ADP continue to rise. Mo, what about you? What quarterbacks are what quarterback are you targeting late in drafts? Are you ready for this one, Rich? Cade? No, buddy. <laughs> I have a favorite quarterback this year, based on this list. Are you starting the car? Nope. We'll give yeah. him a boy. Yeah boy. Scam, why is Killa. Scam going why is he going QB nine? Can somebody tell me this? Uh did you see what happened in Charlottesville? Is that why he's going QB nine? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean honestly though, look at this. Look at this. I mean how I didn't actually look this up because I didn't really even know where to find it, honestly. I'm sure it can't be too hard to find. But uh wasn't Scam QB one last year? By a mile? You mean 2015? In drafts, not in production. In production, he fell to like, I think it's 13th, but wasn't he going QB1 last year? Yes, I can actually pull up the data, courtesy of fantasyfootballcalculator.com. If Cam Newton was the first quarterback off the board last year at the fourth pick in the third round. So you're telling me a guy who was QB1 last year is all of a sudden going QB9 with basically the same roster. I mean, what what changed here? He doesn't have Ted Ginn. Uh, 
I mean, when I look at this list, uh, certainly, certainly I would rather have Scam than Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, who, I mean, we don't even know when that guy's stepping on the field. There's absolutely no way he should be going ahead of Scam. Derek Carr and Jameis Winston. To me, all those four are behind him. Um, I mean, they they added Christian McCaffrey. They added Curtis Samuel, who, you know, whatever. I mean, he was all right at Ohio State. I don't really understand why he went in the second round. But the fact remains, you know, they're putting a few more pieces around him. They tried to shore up the offensive line. Matt Khalil, you know, I don't know how excited I'm going to be about a guy coming from the worst O-line in football. But, hey, maybe, you know, he's playing with his brother now. Maybe uh, maybe there's something there with chemistry. I don't know. But they made an effort there, and I definitely think he should be ahead of the guys he's going. You know, it helps also the division he's in uh, gets to go against the Saints and the Falcons twice. Although the Falcons should have a much improved defense, I feel, but it's still four games there. Uh, or yeah, four games against those two, with two of them in domes. To me, the big four, uh, Matt Ryan, Breeze, Brady, and Rodgers, are the only ones that I see as like definitely being ranked ahead of Scam. There's no way he should be going QB nine. I'm, I would love if I could get a hold of him around then. The NFC South also gets the NFC North uh, as division opponents this year, which means they get a game against the Lions, a game against the Bears. Uh, you can I don't know what you can say about the Packers' defense, but there's a high-paced game that'll likely have a lot of points. So yeah, from a schedule standpoint, very interesting. It's the easiest pass defense schedule in the NFL this season. There Look how he opens the season at San Francisco – Buffalo, who just lost their top two defensive backs. New Orleans, New England, that's a negative game script, high upside game. And then Detroit, he's going to destroy the first five weeks of the season. And if you can draft him in like the ninth or tenth round, just trade him after the first five weeks. If I don't get at least one scam share, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, same. I love Cam Newton this year. And from a pure football perspective, you talked about the additions of Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, and Ted Ginn getting shipped off to New Orleans. Mike Shula is trying to replicate some of the things that Tom Brady and the Patriots are doing in New England. They want short, precise passes, because although Scam wins a lot going down the field, they want to protect him a little bit, and they want to become more efficient. So creating easier throws for Winston uh, can only be a good thing (laughs) from a passing standpoint. And if he adds a little more dink and dunk to his game, all that's going to do is open up those deep routes and make the safeties play more honest towards the line of scrimmage. So all I, you have to do, all you have to do, is look at the uh, the success of teams that threw to running backs last year. The, the, like the top four teams who targeted running backs were the Patriots, Steelers, uh, Falcons, and Cardinals. Three of those four teams made the, the conference championships. Like, get your playmakers in open space. And I think McCaffrey is just a brilliant addition to this offense. The only issue I have with that thinking is you need Cam to buy in. You need him to dump the ball off and you need him to not be running the ball. So if he's changed and he's going to be doing more of that, great. Awesome. Wait, 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 wait. If he's changed, how do we know he's not been bought in this whole time and they've just been running a vertical attack? 
No, I'm I mean, saying I'm I'm talking about like you know dumping the ball off in short yardage situations as opposed to just taking it and tucking it and running himself, which he's he done many times. He hasn't had the personnel to get that done though. Look yeah, who he's had. His best pass catching back has been Fozzie Whitaker. <laughs> Listen, I get it, but I, you can you can be a creature of habit and you can just fall into that thing like, well, I can't do it, you know, or they can't do it, so I'm just going to tuck and run because I've been successful in that, you know, in in years past. So. If he changes, great. If he's dumping the ball off to someone like Christian McCaffrey, awesome. I love I love scam. Um, and also, you know, he needs to do that more for his health, really. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's what I was gonna say. I was, mean, uh... they, they really need to hammer that home with him, but it's just a matter if he's going to be doing it or not. Yeah, after the hits this dude's been taking, I could totally see him, you know, wanting to do that more. And he's been vocal about getting popped too much and uh the dude seems, in general, I would say, pretty coachable. I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't. So, what's the thing about Scam is that he doesn't need to be an amazing runner in order to add value. When he is an amazing runner and he's basically the red zone running back, he's QB one, which is not what we're trying to draft here in the eighth or ninth round, right? We're trying to get a guy who's probably you know top ten, top five QB. If he adds that running, that added value, that's amazing. That means we've We've crushed the draft and we've crushed his ADP, but we're not. I don't think we're even expecting a lot of running from Cam at this ADP, right? We just want him to be an efficient passer. Yeah, just a few plunges is uh, more than enough by me. And then uh, there is one more name I wanted to throw out there, and it's one Brett already touched on, actually. Uh, Matt Stafford, QB 14 right now. I mean, it's a pure volume play. You know, I don't think this guy is great or maybe even good at football but they still have no sort of running game that looks like it's going to do anything there's decent weapons in jones tate and ebron and the defense still stinks so i mean he should put up enough volume week to week to at least be serviceable yeah for sure and the addition of kenny galladay is interesting uh, a kid people have been very excited about and he comes out and he scores two touchdowns in the first game still has great weapons and tate Marvin Jones, a big uh, step forward candidate this year is Eric Ebron. Theo Riddick's good out of the backfield, to Brett's point. Teams that pass to the back seem to have more success. So the, the pieces are there for uh, for Stafford. So, I mean, he's, a, he's pretty much in line to crush that end of the 10th value for sure. Yeah, and he's free. So, I mean, whatever. Can't hurt. Minotti, you gave us Sam Bradford, who still wears a quadruple XL untucked jersey. My man needs an upgrade. Anybody else you got going late that you like? Yeah, I mean, it really just comes down to the early season schedule for me. If I can't get Cam, it's going to be Bradford or a Car- Carson Palmer, who opens the season with Detroit and Indianapolis. So even though I'm not a Carson Palmer guy, I can certainly buy into that schedule. So if I can, I mean, I, you could probably get Carson and what? Round 13, 14, beyond, after that. Yep. Second pick of the 13th round for Carson Palmer right now. Yeah. Is he so, drafted? Yeah. I mean, he might he might not even get picked in some leagues. Yeah, yeah. It's just recency bias. People saw him play terribly last year. Jay Cutler with a different haircut. Shouts to you, boy. Two fingers pointing to me. But fuck it. The Cardinals throw the ball downfield. They have great weapons. And to Brett's point, they start off with a great schedule. Yeah, they just need these weapons to stay healthy this year. That was the problem last year. They had nobody to throw the ball downfield. And they just all they did was just dump it off to, to David Johnson. 
that can't happen this year. So they're going to have to to spread the field with John Brown and JJ Nelson. So I do like Carson those first two weeks. And it, I mean, if I'm drafting for a full season, I like Philip Rivers a lot this year. I know Mo hates him, but it, coming off a season in which they faced the ninth toughest schedule against the past, he was lining up behind a, a severely depleted offensive line and didn't have Keenan Allen. They still finished in the top half of the league in pass offense efficiency. Uh, you guys know I love the Chargers this year. Really, just it comes down to Rivers for me. So I'm buying in. I think he's going to have a big year. The guy that I'm interested in um, that hasn't been mentioned yet, I'm, I'm very interested in Cam Newton as at his ADP. And the guy that I seem to get a lot whenever I'm mocking is, in fact, Carson Palmer because I'm just waiting as long as possible to take a quarterback. But can someone explain to me Ben Roethlisberger's ADP? I get the home road splits. I get I get the worry there, but aren't the Steelers going to be a top five, if not higher, scoring offense and efficiency offense? I mean, six pick the ninth round, going behind Marcus Mariota. Would you take Marcus Mariota over Ben Roethlisberger? I I don't understand. I think I would. I, the, the injuries concern me with Big Ben. We saw who posted the photo of him. Was it yesterday <laughs> from practice? Looks like the Michelin. Yeah, the guy. He's a concern every year. His health, and so I, it's just not worth it for me to even to take him in the, even like the tenth or eleventh round. I would just rather have a guy like Rivers or Mariota or Derek Carr. Even though he opens up against the Browns. Yeah, but is that even good for him though? He might he might only play three quarters. Yeah. Is Tomlin a guy that benches guys? I don't know. Week two definitely sucks. At least it's his home against the Vikings. But then he's got the Bears, the Ravens, and a team actually like the Jags. Uh, I don't know. This this offense is going to score a ton of points, and he's the quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be on the field though. Sorry. I mean, I just I would stay away. I think it's fine. I'm I'm fine with him. I almost uh I almost circled him as one of my guys to talk about but i like stafford's value a little more just being completely free almost yeah i I don't think i'm taking ben at his adp because i'm waiting for the the 10th 11th 12th round and someone is going to inevitably snatch him up but i I couldn't take him i couldn't take marcus Mariota before him andrew luck i certainly cannot take before him he hasn't thrown a football since january so that that ADP just interests me, but I agree mostly with Brett. I, I find myself getting a lot of Carson Palmer. I mean, he's going after Carson Wentz, you guys. He, here, here are the the people that are being drafted outside of the position. Here are some guys that are going before Carson Palmer. We've got John Ross, cool, Zay Jones, Marlon Mack, Joe Williams. Two kickers. We got Justin Tucker and Steven Goskowski going before Carson Palmer. Like, what in the world? What is happening? What's a Marlon Mack? <laughs> he is the he he's the guy that's going to replace Gore this year. That the he's the new Robert Turbin. He's the new who else? Who who else has gone to India and and, and somebody is going to replace Gore every year. Josh, every Josh, year it's Gore. Josh, Josh Ferguson Josh last Ferg- year. Something Josh Ferguson was going to replace Gore last year. It just never happens. So is the, he from South Florida? I have no. I have Marlon Mackey. Yeah. I know less than nothing about unprofessional. I'm pretty sure I misspoke and said he was from Texas. In the previous yeah, I, th- podcast, I think I remember him now. Thinking that he was Malcolm Brown of the Los Angeles Char- uh, Rams. So sorry, sorry to Marlon Mack and his entire family. 
you guys ready to step into a new segment? It's not really a segment. I shouldn't say that. But well, you guys ready to step into the Blue Apron Kitchen? Pull up a seat. Have a nice meal. The Collective may bet on bad quarterbacks, but we never bet on bad food. And that's why we've teamed up with Blue Apron, starting at $8.99 per serving. $8.99. Blue Apron delivers fresh, seasonal, and proportional ingredients along with recipe cards with step-by-step instructions. All new chefs receive $30 off their first order, and this week's menu includes sweet pepper and summer squash fajitas, fresh rigatoni and sun-dried tomato pasta, and a miso chicken ramen. Mo, you've been a Blue Apron customer before. You've had the ramen. How is it? The ramen's nice. The ramen's nice. Ramen's fire? Very much so. <laughs> if you want to support the collective and your stomach, head to blueapron.com slash gridirongamble where new chefs get $30 off their first order. That's blueapron.com slash gridirongamble. I'm hungry again just after that read. I made some egg sandwiches before we started. But $30 off seems like a lot. Yeah. That seems really great. Get in there. Wait, you got up early enough to make food? Yeah, I get up at 5 o'clock. I go into the kitchen. I do the dishes if there are any. I fire up some food. I make a coffee. And I uh, sit down and do some work. Man, you were... uh... I wish you were my roommate for longer this summer. <laughs> I was cooking up a storm out there in Sin City. All right, so we've we've targeted late round guys that we like, and we've kind of alluded to some of these these next players. But are there any big avoids for you guys, even late round, where you're just not taking them? You're taking them later than their ADP, which thus makes them pretty much avoids entirely for you we'll go back around the horn in the opposite direction brett are there any guys that you are staying far far away from this season yeah i mean first of all kirk cousins uh at his adp is absurd they had the redskins have the toughest strength of schedule against past defenses in the nfl this year not touching this guy uh, i think he's coming in at like number nine right behind cam newton no thank you uh the other guy's dak without zeke in this offense the first four or five whatever weeks I just don't see how they're going to move the chains like they did last year. And I'm still not a Dak believer anyway, so he's completely off my radar. Those are the two guys I'm not looking at. Of course, you know, depending on what happens, there's a chance they could both end up on my roster during the season if I can pick them up off waivers and they have a good matchup. But uh, I don't see value in either of them in drafts. For the, the heck f- with Dak. See ya. The heck with Dak. Brett has been on the Dak hate bandwagon before people were even on the pro Dak bandwagon. <laughs> Like the second he threw a good ball in preseason, Brett was all in on hating Dak. Because who, everyone bought in after the first preseason game, and then of course he just destroys in his rookie season, and everyone is just now. Yeah. That's like you, give give him a year behind a bad offensive line, and let's see what happens. I was more wrong about Zeke than you were about Dak. Don't worry about it. I, I, Dak's kind of interesting, but yeah, at his ADP, I, I'm probably not buying in. Either. But for the fans, where are you getting this, uh, and for myself, where are you getting this strength of schedule information from, Brett? Warren Sharp, the GOAT. The GOAT. It's at, I, bought, at, I, it, it, I got his uh, his preseason uh, preview, which is phenomenal. All the analytics and metrics you could possibly want. It's at Sharp 
Football on Twitter if you want to follow Mr. Warren Sharp. He's always got some good tidbits floating out there. DP, any QBs you're avoiding? Yeah, this could be largely because of recency bias of the fact that I've been burned by injuries, but I'm avoiding anyone that I think is heavily injury prone. So Carson Palmer, Ben Roethlisberger, and someone we haven't talked about yet, Joe Flacco with that back injury. I just, I can't see it. If I get stuck with any three of these guys, I'm not going to be happy. I mean, it could happen, but I'm going to do everything in my power to avoid uh, these three. You must be pumped that we only have two quarterbacks on our dynasty roster, and one of them is Joe Flacco. Oh, yeah, I'm thrilled. (laughs) It's awesome. Our quarterbacks are Joe Flacco and Alex Smith. (laughs) And for a quarterback like Flacco, who's a big, tall pocket passer, you know, a back injury, that's just, that's bad news, man. I'm crossing my fingers that I can pick up Christian Hackenberg when waivers open. That's how desperate we are. I mean, anything, anything will be better than Flacco (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. Anyone Who's Flacco's this? backup? Your boy. DP's boy. My uh, boy? DP's is is boy. Ryan Mallett still? Yeah. 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 He's a moron. Cocaine. Well, who's, who's his backup going to be when Mallett fails? Cocaine, <laughs> cocaine Cowboy. It, it should have been Kaepernick. It should be Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaepernick would be the starter week two, but no, it's not. Man. How many teams are playoff teams if Colin Kaepernick walks into the quarterback room tomorrow? They they ascend from mediocrity or even worse to playoff contenders. Yeah, boys, the Jags. Yeah, I was gonna say the Jags have to the be in Jags there, right? Are fucking Super Bowl contenders with <laughs> Kaepernick. I, I mean, think... behind Flacco are Ryan Mallett, Thad Lewis, Thad. And Josh Josh Woodrum. Thad Lewis. Thad Lewis gives me a reason to play this. The Bills make me wanna. He was actually serviceable with the Bills. He wasn't bad. Thad Lewis or or uh, Cardale Jones? Gun to your head. Thad. Right now? Thad. Goat Thad? Hell yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do anything stupid on the field. You can't you can't trust that with Cardale. That's pretty much the Mendoza line in football right now, which is why I actually have some faith in what I saw in Hackenberg. Everyone's like, oh, he didn't make any tough throws. And I'm like, well, Tom Brady hasn't made a tough throw in a decade. All they do is just give him easy throws and he just completes them. So as long as you can meet that line, I mean, fuck Alex Smith. When is, is Alex such the wrong thinking? When is Alex Smith nutted up and like made a big play? All that dude does is just do the right thing, and the Chiefs just roll off nine games, nine wins every season. Just do the right thing. Turnover margin is so important in the NFL. Just look at the turnover margin the past five years and see who wins football games. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Protect the football. What about the Rams? Would the Rams be a playoff team with Kaepernick? No, is, probably not. Is their offensive line just a disaster? I, the, why isn't the Rams defense elite? I don't understand with all that talent. Doesn't make sense to me. Poor Sammy, man. That guy is he might catch for like 600 yards this year and play a full season. DP, our dynasty team. Another well, he's, another he's great hit. A full season. I, I'd rather Sammy have torn his ACL than gone to St. Louis or to Los Angeles, because now we have to actually consider playing that guy. Week to week. And it's so bad. And I think it goes without saying that I don't think any of us are going to mention Jared Goff, but if that guy's on anyone's list, <laughs> just burn it. Shouldn't Quit be, fantasy football for the rest of your life. Shouldn't be owned in a 32-team dynasty. Shouldn't be owned in a 75-team <laughs> dynasty. I would pick all college quarterbacks I know nothing about and Ryan Mallett above Jared Goff. And Thad Lewis. Uh, Mo, any guys that you're 
crossed off your list you will not touch based upon their ADP. Well, Brett alluded to one. Not a fan of Phillip Rivers. Uh, just a pure scouting perspective. Watching him late last year has nothing to do with stats. I, man, this guy can barely get the ball to the hash marks at this point. I mean, he's never been an arm strength guy, but we saw with Peyton Manning at some point you just cross a line where you're just not getting any zip on the ball and, and pro defenses are going to break on these throws. And uh, they transitioned more and more to Melvin Gordon. I'm not really interested this year. Uh, hey, I mean, somebody gets that guy some PEDs. Chargers <laughs> can do something, but unless somebody tells me about that, I'm not going to be able to fire him. He needs to call up Peyton Manning. Yes, yes, he needs to call up. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe Peyton didn't get enough PEDs. Cause... He needs to call Peyton's wife, right? Didn't she set up the meet? Yeah, but those PEDs didn't do enough, so we need some stronger PEDs. Um, I mean, he had the best season of his career. <laughs> like, his, he did win a Super Bowl. His third to last like season. My, uh, my other one, Brett hit the nail on the head, man. Burt Minatti, the sharpest. The god. I'm just grouping the all three of these together. Uh it's a uh, Dak, Eli, and Kirk Cousins. Um, NFC East, really, really tough defenses in that division. And then you look at their, uh, <clears throat> you look at their out of division uh, pairings. They've got the AFC West, which has the Chargers. We all love the Chargers defense. The Broncos, still the Broncos, um, and then the Chefs, which. You know, I could see a little bit of slippage there, but still had a very, very strong pass defense last year. Thank God you, you did got, not mention the Raiders. This is not the season. This not is the not season. The week. For, I mean, you know, should be better, but we're not counting them as a tough matchup for sure. And then and then you got the NFC West, uh, which, you know, features, yes, the Rams and the Niners, and the Rams could be solid. But uh, Hawks and Cards should have real, real strong defenses. Uh so just two way too many tough defenses on uh, NFC East schedules, fading all NFC East quarterbacks this year. And as far as players who are borderline, at least in consideration for getting drafted, that means Dak, Eli, and Cousins not going to be touching them this year. I clowned on Matt Ryan earlier. I mean, ninth pick of the fifth round is horrendous value for him. But I have equal disgust for the guy going right after him. And it's your boy, Mo. Start the car. Derek Carr going the 10th pick in the sixth round. And I I don't understand it. Uh, Love Derek Carr, but just no. The offense isn't hyper-efficient. They've showed last year, even with a guy like Latavius Murray, someone who Brett doesn't like, and it seems like the fantasy community, uh, you know, they're not really falling out of bed for. They gave him the ball 12 times in the red zone to score, 12 touchdowns. They brought in Marshawn Lynch, so they're still interested in keeping the ball on the ground when they get closer to the goal line. That's the only reason you bring Marshawn Lynch back from the dead to play on your team. Uh, Amari Cooper has struggled as a red zone receiver. He really hasn't put it together, and that could be a sample size thing, but he's he's not Des Bryant. He's not winning in the end zone. So I don't see where the production for Derek Carr comes from that makes him an actual value at the end of the sixth round, specifically when we can get all these quarterbacks late. So I am avoiding Derek Carr at his current ADP, 
and I don't think there's any chance he's on any of my rosters this fall. Good play. Good play. No chance. No chance. Much as I love Derek Carr, no chance I'd be taking him where he's going. Not going to stand for you, boy? Rather have your boy. Let's go <laughs> scan this year. <laughs> and that's it for the quarterback show. I'll be interested to see if that NFC East prognosis carries over to the other skill positions, mode. Does that make you generally worried about the wide receivers in that division as well? Yeah, I would have to say so. I mean, I just I gotta say I I love I love these defense. Even like Washington's looks on paper really strong to me. I uh, was uh, pouring over the rosters this week for our previews. All right. Well, we will be back in the coming weeks to break down the skill positions, receiver, running back, and tight end as well. In the meantime, you can get at us on Twitter at Gridiron Gamble and. You can now call us. Is that right, DP? I think I remember the number. Is Good, because it... I don't remember the number, and I set it up. Oh, man. Am I going to blow this? 9244? Is that a thing? No. No? Keep talking. I'll get it for one second. All right. It's pretty close, but it ends in gamble, and you can call us. And when you do call us, the segment is going to be called 10 Second Takes. All right? 10 Second Takes. You got 10 seconds to say something funny, witty, or smart. If it's more than 10 seconds, I'm either not going to play it or I'm going to cut it shorter. So if you want to get on the show and you want to be funny, 10-second takes, you can dial us at... You're off by one number. Ah! It's 7244-GAMBLE. 7244-GAMBLE. Give us your 10-second takes. We'll play them on the air. You can also email us gridirongamblepodcast at gmail.com. Check out the website, gridirongamble.com. We've got our division previews going up sometime soon because Mo took forever. Thank you, Mo. We got a lot of stuff going up. Well, there's a lot of stuff up there now. Well done, Mo. Yeah, there's some advice for newcomers to the Super Contest. There's an explanation of the new High Roller Super Contest Gold. So keep your eyes peeled for more. We're excited for the season. Week two of preseason coming up and then the regular season right around the corner for Burt Minotti, DP, and the Moose. I'm Rich Ryan. Peace out.